0: Like that, and, and not in our comfort zone. The game becomes comfortable. Let me play my part. Check too late. Like, is that real? Did that happen? Like, the structure of your brain actually changes. And do you still feel that every day? And then it got time for guitars. Eating disorder, like, I didn't want to die, tendencies. but I didn't want to do it. Yeah. helpless little girl. You gotta go in the hospital. You feel powerless because the body has a fear reaction.
1: The opportunity to empower. No one can take away my
0: power. I won't take myself out. Artists that are true like that, those are the ones that tend to create change.
1: I wonder, I wanted to ask you about this because in the Me Too movement I get frustrated when people are doing, you know, some kind of a, someone's got a platform, there's a big crowd and someone has the time and the platform and the voice to speak and they say finally women are stepping up and I just want to kind of like, my head drops because I think like all the guys out there who are carrying something they don't know how to share with anyone and here they are being excluded when there's finally a movement, finally a, uh, a group that might listen, and, and they're being told, well, not you, though. It's not for you. And I just wonder, that's got a sting.
0: It, it's got a sting in a lot of ways. I, um, I, I thought about that, and it, perpetra- uh, it in some ways, I, I don't know to what degree it perpetrates old behaviors in men, I think, uh, because these, these behaviors are passed down from generation to generation, parent to parent, or what they see in public school, uh, and <clears throat> I think uh, ki- you know we're taught what masculinity is through magazines, just as women are taught. Yeah. you know, and we're but it's 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 kept very silent, and it's kept very it's not hidden by any means, especially <laughs> to ladies. But uh, uh, you can, yeah, we're we're pretty predictable, us guys, as far as I'm concerned. (laughs) Pretty
1: consistent.
0: Um, (laughs) Pretty consistent. Well, the
1: people talk a lot about the pressure on women to look a certain way, but they don't talk as much about the pressure for masculinity. Yeah. And and like you said, having experiences disclosing and one of them being negative and and having other people wonder, like, uh, you know, I went through this or that, are people going to think I'm gay or something like that. Like, it's an immediate attack on the masculinity for him to just say, this happened to me even if he was a kid
0: absolutely
1: well and then uh, uh, I think it
0: forces the child to start acting asking himself am I gay
1: Hmm.
0: you know and what makes somebody you know and these questions all of a sudden are you know it's not like it's taught in school of course and it's there's no real classes on this uh, you know to determine uh, how to deal with an aftermath of a trauma or determine you know Uh, how you're feeling about what you've seen. I mean, even the person who hasn't gone through the trauma, but uh, maybe is a friend or was there when it happened. Yeah. You know, so to speak.
1: Well, that's interesting. When you just said there's no class for dealing with trauma, I wonder, you and I aren't professors, but we're both passionate about the subject matter. (laughs) We both care about people who've dealt with it. Um, If there were a class, someone tells you XYZ just happened to me. This is what you don't do. What would you say?
0: Oh, it's the first time I've ever been posed with that one. Let me see if I is got. that the too question. much? No, no, not at all. Uh, let me see if I can paraphrase the question. I say, if there was a class on w- what to say or what to how to to act. To, uh, after a trauma has happened.
1: someone comes to you and says that it happened to them, like, what's a, okay, well, don't do this, don't do that. Because it's a lot of the things here's that
0: people... One, here's one not to do.
1: Yeah, uh, as I, a starting point.
0: Don't, uh, please don't deny it. Wow. Please don't deny it. Just say something happened. Something really happened. Yeah. Just, I mean, if you can't speak about it fully right then and there, we, sometimes we can build to that. Maybe yeah. you're not with somebody you trust, but please, please just say something happened bad.
1: Yeah. You know, don't deny that it happened. You mean for the survivor? Yeah,
0: the survivor. If, it's, if I understood the question correctly, yeah, say if and for the
1: person listening.
0: Yeah. Uh, just say that something happened, something bad happened. If you can't speak about it entirely, if you're uncomfortable or embarrassed, if you feel embarrassed or if you feel uh, scared or fearful or if you're for someone to retaliate, uh, there is nothing anybody can do to you worse than one can do to themselves by holding it in.
1: That's interesting. So you feel like maybe the fear of retaliation itself and the holding it in is worse damage than what whatever someone might be threatening. With. But people threaten with their, someone's life. Yeah. You know? There's um, plenty of people, and, I'll kill you, blah, blah, blah. You
0: know, and I have no doubt for the folks that may be listening that actually it has happened with, you know, I'm not denying that something bad might have happened either. There's people that I believe have gone through traumas possibly for their whole uh, teenage life. Yeah. Um, and it's things are built into the DNA at this point, you know, kind of deal. Um, <clears throat> I'm just, I think, by somebody who's turning 50 and has held it in this long, speaking from my own experience, uh, that holding it in, and not just holding it in, but the ways I've, I've held it in.
1: Yeah.
0: Where I've turned to draw narcotics and drinking. And I look back upon the relationships that weren't healthy and what my part in that was and does it have any sub subparan- branches some branches that reach back to what had happened to me and does that affect me absolutely
1: like not feeling like you deserve better people in your life or what do you mean that
0: that there has been some degree of that i've chosen certain people that things may not last with or i have instead of bonding through positivities i bonded through flaws
1: hmm.
0: uh uh, I've got bonded where now I can feel comfortable in my own skin around someone. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, it's an interesting point. You talk about bonding by flaws. There's a degree to which, like, there's a lot of a lot of link between, like, PTSD and eating disorders and addiction, and, and they come in this, they happen to the same person a lot of the time, and eating disorders can be addictive. Um, and it, there's, to some degree, it's like, okay, this person has the same problems as me. Maybe they'll understand me. But then at the same time, are they dealing with it in a darker way? Or are they dealing with it in a positive way? And do people get attracted to the damage and someone else who might help them with their self-destruction? Basically enablers, I guess I'm saying.
0: Well, the way I'm hearing that, too, it gets, that gets into a really interesting subject matter for myself because I tend to do what I just flow charts on different uh, unhealthy behaviors within myself growing up. Uh, just so I could turn the microscope on myself. when we start looking at darker ways to deal with things, well, you got classics, I think classics, where we have gotten so used to the pain and drama that that's what we've gotten used to. That's what we've gotten used to, uh, our way of thinking and our way of processing. And to to use a healthier approach also means dealing with things head on and, and not in our comfort zone um, where pain becomes comfortable. And I can speak about that personally. Pain became extremely comfortable for me. Uh, I became so used to being, let's say if it's on a scale of negative zero and I was at negative 10, I get to negative four and I just keep it at at that point. Uh, and I'm not being specific in the ways I would do that, but, uh, I don't know. Um, Dating unhealthy women, doing, uh, doing, doing narcotics, uh, being desensitizing myself to pretty much everything around me.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, while at the same time. I'm
1: gonna kill this window because they're yeah. trained. So,
0: should we take a minute? If you want. Yeah, let's just take a take two minutes. I'm gonna step outside.
1: Okay. Um, okay. Deliberately holding yourself back from healing and and getting to the point where you're more comfortable in pain than not in pain. Did I I get that
0: right? I would go... Yeah, you you hit it right on the head. Uh, I had many different thought processes on this uh, growing up. Uh, One, I would say I was coming down from a night of doing narcotics. Uh, As somebody who does narcotics knows that it tells all your pleasure centers to quit making the chemical in your brain uh to make you feel good good happy mm. then when the drug wears off the chemical isn't being made yet and so you hit a massive amount of depression I would use that as a way to feel pain I'd tell myself I'm feeling pain now I think about things that weren't pleasant and I would be really honest with myself about it why because well that's basically all I had I felt so bad about myself I said this is I might as well at least be honest uh maybe not out loud, but inside my own head, yeah. I would deal with things very, very unhealthy. Um, and um, you, it could, if one, if there are some folks I, I've seen along the way in life that fall, fall into the system where, uh, and this will go on and if you've had a bad experience with a doctor or with the court system or a police officer and that it has deterred you, from speaking up or speaking out please 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 don't overcome that overcome that by by any means necessary um i've had some experiences where sharing my story uh with one particular doctor she went backfired uh not backfired but um uh i just i don't exactly remember the words that were said but i was really made to feel like what well, you know uh, I had no support. Right. And, and no support involved. And you're
1: reaching out to a professional and yeah. getting shut and down. It, and, you know,
0: it could be that they weren't used to hearing this from boys. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, uh, uh, mostly maybe women. I'm not sure. That's, that's a good sub uh, question to ask for later. Uh, uh, you know, and I'm very. this is a very touchy subject to get into where one has a responsibility to themselves as well to, uh, to, to, I speak to the people out there that, that, that are still able to remain proactive, haven't fallen into depression so much that they cannot move. There is a responsibility not to flip the script and use your ailment as a calling card or as a a way out of something or as any, uh, there can be that darkness or that you, uh, have be- you are so used to dealing with drama and getting help from somebody in different ways? You're not dealing with the actual problem, mm. but the way you're acting out in it, and by becoming very needy or you become dependent on a man or a woman to take care of you, or that you know uh, we know uh, that we know you're a good person, but uh, yet there is that dark, unhealthy way of, of manipulating oneself. Why do I say this? Because that's what I did. I mean, it was manipulating my own self to, one, I'm going to stay strong and above this. But at the same time, maybe I deserve some help by trying to stay strong. I would give myself all kinds of different dark uh, justifications on doing some really unhealthy behaviors. I don't know if that touches No, that on. makes
1: a lot of sense. I know someone who works in addiction and she's concerned that people can get addicted to treatment and it's at the point where they never want to stand on their own two feet and i don't know if it's the attention like the hey look at me i'm getting better and and for a minute they're in the spotlight all eyes are on them and again it comes back to the loneliness like is is treatment a healthy antidote for isolation and loneliness because you can't have that be your medicine you have to learn to live
0: well just like somebody who's who uh, anorexic, I believe, throws up quite a bit. Is that correct? That's bulimia. Bulimia, thank you. Bulimia. So just like someone Just like somebody who's suffering, say, from hiding yeah. that. that all of a sudden, people become... You adapt, just like a virus uh, adapts to a new strain. You, you come up with a vaccination, meaning uh, we now have figured out what your process is, and now we can catch you before you do it or try to monitor you. You, the 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 trauma, the person going through the trauma... Uh, also comes up with new methods to hide, and uh, and to to um, keep from keep 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 uh, keep distance keep some distance from the actual core problem. Yeah, that's going on, facing it. I mean, there were. I know what what we're talking about sp- uh, can branch off to different. Oh, absolutely. Uh, subject subjects too, but things that I do think about a lot that I think um, you know just. Some of the, oddly enough, you know, some of the most creative in uh, uh, media and music and arts and painters, poets have seem to have gone through <laughs> some sort of. But you were talking about like where people might like say, "Look at me, I'm I'm better." I re, or I think that was what you said. It reminded me like of getting a,
1: addicted to treatment. Yeah,
0: getting addicted to treatment. There's those celebrities, classic thing you'll see comedians talking about where it's like. You know, yeah, I, you know, cheated on my wife, and yeah, left my four-year-old in the swimming pool alone. Uh, you know, but look, I'm out of treatment. Thumbs up. You oh, know, God. Become, you know, thumbs up for me. That's horrible. And and but I, yeah, I see it, and it's become you know, uh, I think what we're, I think some some of the things we're hitting on is trends. You know, certain mm. programming and trends that have been installed of how we're actually dealing with these traumas and people going through it and what we're really hitting on is how not only how are we dealing it but how our wiring has gotten messed up in our head yeah you know and that's the hardest one to admit for I can speak for me but I can imagine if I'm going through it there's got to be thousands of others going
1: really I got all these problems <laughs> well you you said you talked about in the criminal justice system people pretending And I saw a Facebook post a while ago of someone just exasperated saying stop, you know, calling out and using your undiagnosed mental illness as an excuse for this, that and the other. You don't know what it's really like to have these problems. And I just wonder, you know, as someone who's dealing with the real stuff, the real heavy addiction to the heavy drugs and and the memories and and everything you've dealt with with PTSD and, and all those sorts of things what it must be like to know that even one person out there in the world would fake something like that.
0: It's, that's always a tough and sensitive matter. Uh, the only way I can look at it is when I went through inpatient treatment, I went through one very hardcore core, two, two bouts with, with, with dealing with sobriety. And it was made apparent to me that uh, only three Maybe 10, up to 10 now. But back when I went, 3% uh, had uh, survived after a year uh, in sobriety. Three? 3% needed. Wow. So I can imagine what the other 90%, 97% is doing or what's going on in their head. And I think that's what we touched upon. I can't, I have a little tough time trying to, you know... Uh, oddly enough, one of my favorite artists, Sly Stone, used to talk about having a responsibility to take care of yourself. You can make it if you try. Of course, succumb to losing everything because of drugs. Sly Stone, um, but, the anti-drug crusader. Right, but, it, you know, well, not anti-drug, but He'll more like, for he, he, he would say, you have a responsibility to take care of you. You not And he, he came in that part where you can't only blame the government and blame society and blame things so much for yeah. how you end up. There is some sort of responsibility to uh for one to reach out yeah reach out or uh y- you know to in any way necessary and and i uh, that's i think where we're getting at a lot too is it's is not just reaching out but how we can help people to feel better about reaching out yeah. may not happen that day but man did i get you 50 percent further towards reaching out or you know uh how do we not backtrack or yeah. uh, you know i'm just kind of
1: no, that makes sense. All right, so we talked about some of the darker places. Obviously, you've you've been with heavy drug addiction and um, problems with the criminal justice system when you were a kid, and then the 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 PTSD and everything. At some point in your life, you decided you wanted something better, and you got yourself clean. What was that inspiration, and what's it been like fighting through that?
0: Okay, that you know immediately comes to my mind that. Uh a sign that says if you can't help yourself who can and uh it wasn't meant to be rhetorical it was meant to be who really can help you Mm -hmm. uh I think at that time uh you know when I hit my last spot or when I went into sobriety the last time this past time I should say uh I was at rock bottom emotionally uh you know, things had become so redundant, and I was just really sick of my own thinking. Uh, I, I was fortunate enough to still have another side to me that was regularly healthy, but that was the dormant side. Mm-hmm. The side that was active was the dark side. And uh, for that to happen, I had to reach out, I, I could not do it by myself. Um, uh, I needed to have some sort of supervision, be accountable. Uh, I needed a purpose. I needed a purpose. Mm. Um, and, you know, at the time, uh, at the time my purpose was, well, I want to you know, be a better human being. I don't want my parents to see me like this. Uh, I want to make music. I want to help people ultimately, which is why I really wanted to make music to begin with. Uh, I can make music on anything, a log if I need to. I wanted to transmit some frequencies that can make people feel comfortable and feel like being a human being. We see everybody equally, hopefully, through the vibration of music. Hmm. Maybe change some thought process slowly but surely. Uh, And that was uh, a big part of my attraction to being with you, yeah. Teresa was yeah. was part of that. Like, uh, not only was I there, wanted to be there for Kelly, but I wanted to, if if invited, if invited, I wanted to be help with damage control, you know, so to speak, there so was to some speak, damage. you know, and and uh, uh, and maybe and and I knew in my heart by helping someone else that I was going to help myself, mm-hmm. uh, either through osmosis, or through direct help, which mm-hmm. I've had from you, which thank, thank, thank the spirits, in um, multiple ways that we've just helped each other and in ways that no material or, or, or words could say. Absolutely.
1: Just seeing someone in a completely different way, but at their own rock bottom as I was hitting my rock bottom and in our own, again, different but kind of parallel tracks like, we can check in with each other and be like, hey, how bad is it today? And yeah, like, and it's real. It's, and it's real. It's, it's real. it's real, man. Real, it's, it's not as real good today. As it gets. Yeah. And a, not judge each other, you know? you know. Just be like, "It's this is just one of those where I just... My goal today is to see the sun come up tomorrow and I can't hold myself to anything higher. I got nothing in the tank. There's well, a lot of days like that.
0: And that's on, That's that's honest. That's that's that's, that's, that's it's, it's being real and it's painful yeah. to say that uh, however... The, on the positives, I started using different sayings like, well, <clears throat> I can either party and not pay in my bills and not have anywhere to live, or I can deal with my problems as painful as they are. Yeah. Sometimes even more people than the actual, you know, yeah. uh, but a different kind of pain, a uh, much cleaner. If you, it's not by, you're not being, you're not hanging with the devil. <laughs> um, you know, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, and you're not gonna uh, wake
1: up in a dumpster with a.
0: And forgive me, I'm yeah. not, I, I don't subscribe to any organized religion except for love for everybody. Um, <laughs> well, I'm kind of a jubo, but um, I don't know what that is. <laughs> Jewish Buddhist. But Jubu? I, uh, wait, I gotta... <laughs> wait, 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 wait!
1: I can't let that slide. Is that real?
0: It's real. There's more look, than
1: one boo? Yeah.
0: Who else? It's like Jew. It's a it's a formula. Like you got Jews for Jesus, Messianic Jews. You got. Jewish Buddhists who still subscribe to a lot of the history and 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 uh, things of, of of our Jewish our Jewish lineage, uh, but don't necessarily subscribe to the dogmatic mm. uh, laws of Judaism. Um, I'm not going to speak for every faction out there. I can only speak for my interpretation of what I've read. I'm not part of any particular organization or even one person. I just. I, I subscribe to different philosophies and and ideas, and and uh, I use what feels good and 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 feels right for me uh, to do that. So the reason I I spoke, I gave you a footnote on that was saying the word devil can mean some people. Well, this guy's religious, and I just <laughs> meant that as a, a, an analogy. No, of it's
1: definitely <clears throat> there's the pain of of. Of facing your real problems, and there's the pain of running away from them, and everything that's going to come with that. Right,
0: like, exactly. I was going to
1: ask you, like, okay, the last lyric on the album, which is the last thing she ever sang, besides singing to singing to the dogs all the time. Yeah, the, but the last Kena. thing she ever sang <laughs> was, um, "I'm done running away from this." So I'm curious if I drop that lyric on you, where does that hit? What does that mean to you?
0: It it's, uh, it means to me that. I'm done doing what it takes to avoid whatever's in front of me. I'm going to break down these walls, uh, by whatever means necessary. I'm just, I, I, you know, uh, I, I can only learn more about that through you actually, which you might've meant, but how I digested it was I am done. It doesn't mean I'm bottom out, but I have, but, um, cause it's different for, I think it might be a different kind of bottom for different, uh, uh, traumas on uh, that I can't speak about yeah uh, but uh, uh, I'm done running away from this I'm done living in the pain of running it of running I'm done living in, with all the masks I have to wear I'm done living in the denial the shield of denial it is no longer protecting me it is hurting me wow and yeah. uh that is a big part of you know what I've heard from Kelly what I've gotten from the the foundation and why I'm a part of it yeah. is to you know
1: a big part you took all those tickets on the launch night
0: yeah that was oh man I'll tell you what uh, for folks who for haven't been out to these events they're 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 one of a kind you know if uh if you can't make it out to a uh, a beautiful festival where everybody could hold hands and everybody's won come to one of these where it's a different kind of holding. it's it's a different ty- type of reassurance. It's a different type of tree-hugging. It, 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 it's, it's, uh, it's meant for everybody, and uh, everybody is, is, is absolutely loved. And uh, uh, we, are, we are no different uh, than anybody else just because of what happened to us or how we may be even dealing with it.
1: That's amazing. Do you have a favorite memory from the launch night? So just to give people context, so hopefully people are listening to this all over the world and have no idea what I'm talking about. So when we launched the Kelly Nicole Foundation <laughs> publicly, um, we had an event and that was the date of the album release and the first time screening the documentary publicly which has a lot of music from the album and this whole music based non inspired by her music where her album and merch sales literally fund the foundation that was the beginning of all that it was uh, yeah, June 19th 2017 and joshua was there volunteering from morning till night and i remember calling oh. and saying man i need some help like i need some yeah. muscle this day and it's going to be a long day oh, yeah. and you said pick me up at eight i picked you up at eight in the morning i dropped you off at your apartment one in the morning oh was it one it was one well, like uh, that really? that's when i'm talking about this guy's huh. legit i'm talking about josh davis oh, man. is legit uh, it,
0: that was do you remember i, I remember i remember I remember, look at all these people that came out of the woodwork. I mean, I knew a lot of the names of some of the heavyweight musicians. um, Laurie Dawkin. I saw other people coming together, these families coming together. Um, But I could feel, I think one of the biggest things is I could it was that kind of event where everything was really raw, you know, emotionally. And I could feel everybody's individually. And I felt like really good by just keeping a smile on my face and saying, hey, man, I'm so glad you made it. I saw people that have gone through, like, health issues make it out there, like Gino. And, wow. And, uh, well, I'm thinking about the memorial. That was a memorial, actually. Uh, we we're taking talking talk in Hell's Kitchen right now. Yeah. Um, uh, the movie, the things that you had to say, uh, a t- there was a lot of quality. Thank you. A quality involved, uh, you know, and what people had to say and the substance they brought with them. Um and quite frankly, I felt more at home really? with people by just being, you know, if somebody, nobody knew any of my story. But if somebody would ask or say, hey, can you relate to this? I'd be like, yes, I can.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, and now, um, now because of the, being involved in the foundation and even doing this, I've started to tell more people. Really? Uh, my roommate now knows um, my mom uh knows more um there's been i honestly i've told more people and i can't remember who which is okay with me
1: so you're getting to the point where i don't want to put words in your mouth you're getting to the point where there's there's less shame there's less fear there's less okay i'm gonna be treated like a freak uh,
0: yeah you know probably probably because i'm 50 i'm i'm less you know it's taking me this long to you know uh i am dropped my guard it should be an bit. age where just you can like, stop giving a fuck. Shouldn't yeah, pretty it? much, I mean, what? Pretty much is gotta, what I'm trying not to say that, but I just for don't the care. Big 5-0. You know, and I'm tired <laughs> of suffering from it. Uh, I want really—I mean, I've had some beautiful relationships with women, but I do know that in my past that there's been some, uh, some things that probably could have been avoided or handled better had I been in a better place about this, yeah. about my trauma. Well,
1: you talked about, and we don't have to talk about this if you don't want to. But when it's you okay. were hanging out with Cal, you know, just for, for people who aren't aware. She's a very attractive person, and basically just about everywhere she went, people were interested and stuff, and, and you had, and I had, I didn't ask you, did you like her in that way, but you had said, oh, whatever, she was cute and all that, and you said that you had stayed away from her because you were using, and you knew that it would have been bad for her. Yep. You Abs- remember that? Yep. I, re- so, I I
0: remember, uh, I remember that at a time we were actually hanging out a lot, and I started to get into some pretty heavy, uh, I... <clears throat> had not innocently but i had tried for the first time some pretty heavy duty narcotics that there was no coming back from after that and i distanced myself completely so i didn't bring kelly's an, well, would have read it and she's a it, girl it, it, and i was embarrassed and i didn't want to see, anytime i'm in front of her it had to be real or nothing at all wow and and so uh that's something. And she brought that to Mike. She never said anything like that to me. It's just immediately we had a connection. She was sharing her intimates with about relationships. She was out coming out of a relationship at the she time. She was in
1: breakup mode.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I was the arm. And yeah. and I was fortunate enough. Yeah, we would she give me a ride home on, on every night. So like five six days a week, we were talking. She
1: blasting tool yeah, the whole time. You yeah. had to show Well,
0: out. a few different things. Well, we were we were in the Z twenty eight or the Camaro or her kit car, or whatever she had at the time. She and had a
1: lot of cars. Yeah,
0: those that, that 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 cool sports car she had.
1: Trans Am. Yeah,
0: Trans Am. She used black, to talk
1: about that thing.
0: Uh, black Trans Am. <laughs> That's it, the kit car. Yeah. So, uh, <clears throat> um, and. Uh, so, yeah, I did to myself. Not, not just from her, but I remember that specifically detail. Wow. I remember visions of what I thought about when I wow. did that, too.
1: That's amazing to me that even as you're going into that rabbit hole, you're thinking, who this is going to hurt? Because she did that with her eating disorder. Sorry, I didn't yeah. mean to jump on you. Well, there.
0: make no mistake, there were some people I hurt along the way. Yeah. I don't want to seem like I was that honorable a guy. No, <laughs> like, but you were conscious
1: sure. of it. You were trying with her, yeah, at the same time to do damage control
0: yeah with her especially with you know there were certain close friends that i heard along the way that i've been fortunate enough to most of them make amends to yeah uh i some maybe some odd way i got a chance to make amends by helping i don't never thought about that till now she would have never known and she probably would say you had no amends to make up to
1: she's a sweet person um
0: but yeah she might have just been being sweet too and you know, no,
1: I mean she saw the best. In, well, I didn't mean it uh, like she wouldn't say what she meant. I meant uh, in her heart, she sees the good in everyone. Yeah, yeah. It's what she's. It's her first wedding vow to me. Speaking of uh, people being interested in her, well, I'm interested. And her first vow is mm-hmm. uh, a vow to always notice the positive things you do and never focus on the negative. No. And I'm like, God, she's that way with everyone. Yeah. That's so sweet of her.
0: Yeah. You know it really is, and it just. Uh, it gives me inspiration and and enhance what I hope the foundation does because it's inspiration to be sweet to themselves, Mm. be good to you uh, more than anybody else. Uh, Be good to to yourself, be sweet to yourself, uh, you know, and be forgiving of yourself. Uh, That's the biggest part, I think, not just from not giving a fuck about, (laughs) you know, saying it to anybody, but I need to start being better to myself and giving myself permission to go, hey, that... You know, uh, <clears throat> you know you're 50 now, brother. You know, even if I was 20 and it happened at seven, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, but you know, you're at a point where, like, do you really want to keep letting this hurt you? You know, do you yeah. want? You know, uh, uh,
1: can I help somebody else at the, out at the same time? You know, what, what what can we do? How has it affected your recovery um, to see other people's lives be cut short?
0: I, uh, you know. Things have gone uh, surprisingly well in the, in the area of being able to really hold value in some things. And I say some things in life mm. and my friends and in, in that respect. Um, and this is why I ask the young folks to reach out so much. Um, because you be perfectly honest... Uh, there's a part of me that from not dealing with this, not dealing with a few other things that correlate, chances are if one trauma's happened, there's probably some other traumas that have happened later, such as drugs. I mean, there is a stigma that goes along with, they say, I mean, you edit this out, a lot of dancers were abused in the in the, uh, erotic gentlemen's clubs. Uh. Well, there's a truth to that. Um, to, and we don't want to talk, nobody wants to say it, but there's a truth to where... Not everybody becomes a male or a female dancer or goes out and becomes a drug addict, but there's a lot of us that have. Yeah. And I've turned to the dark side, whatever things are. And what I'm saying, I'm going to digress, but what I'm saying is the young, uh, please, if, you know, now is the time, if you can, because there's a part of me that still has trouble wrapping myself around hope. I was born for optimism. But because of not dealing with things early on, there's a part of me that still feels like I'm. Maybe it's just being an only child too. It could be some natural things. I'm not sure. Uh, but I still, I still have to. Uh, sometimes, it, sometimes it's an effort to to humble myself and and get on my knees and pray to whatever spirit you believe in. You know, honestly, I end up washing my my, my bath my my toilets and because. I feel like you get real humble when you're washing toys. It's, it's true. It's pretty humble. I mean, this sounds really weird, but uh, if I feel too caught up in myself, I start like washing bathtubs and, and things because I feel like you know it's a way to humble myself. But my point being is, uh, by getting sober, by by dealing with things and reaching out, I have I have shown that I have that I have to. The biggest part about the insecurity of what had happened is self worth. Yeah. My self-worth had dropped to zero, negative four. I was living on fumes. My spirit, I call it my spiritual bank. You know, I, I, fumes is just the outside electricity that want, what person had. But what have I deposited into my spiritual bank lately yeah. so that I can feel value? And that still gets very hard. To, and I may be dealing with this till I die. Yeah, This is part of being my age, of being this far along. Um, so believe me it's so much better now so much better uh uh and there is and there's no age right or wrong age i'm just saying that uh i i, I do wish the young folks too would have the opportunity with the tools that are available now a little bit or we're helping the yeah. tools to be there for to, other, to, for to come out survivors. yeah so that you aren't spending the next 30 or 40 years such as i did yeah uh, in denial uh, oh. or in denial at my discretion you know, I would manipulate myself along the way, and right. uh, but uh, on the positive note, um, absolutely, uh, uh, the you know, I made a choice that the darkness cannot have me anymore unless I choose it to have me. Uh, I'm not a victim. I'm not a victim. Um, uh, I, I do have some choices to get up uh, and a responsibility, and I try to turn that into a positive sense. For for those that are not able to help themselves and are in that depressed mode that they can't get out of bed and things are just going to keep bad happening, please, whatever you do, whatever your means are, remember you're loved and you're needed, and the world is a better place with you in it. So, uh, if you got to hit nine one one, you got to hit zero. You got to call yeah. the Kelly Nicole Foundation.
1: Well, that's my cell phone, so just go easy there.
0: <laughs>
1: I'll pick up the phone.
0: <laughs> we don't have a hotline yet, but. You well, know. no, but
1: we have crisis resources. Yeah, we so have actually, crisis. Actually, you can say kellynicole.com dot com slash crisis.
0: Yep, there you go. You you heard it first here. That Kelly Nicole Foundation for Kelly Nicole Foundation dot Did I say that right?
1: Kelly dot org slash crisis. We have some phone numbers there. That Absolutely.
0: Yeah. And
1: I remember one time when I was early on in this bullshit of Kel being gone, um, which will always be bullshit, but uh, it just is what it is. You had lost someone the day before, or that day, or something, and you called me up one day and you said, "I'm calling everybody who I know is on the edge and just saying, just hang in there."
0: Yeah. And I was I rem- on your list of yeah. people that, yeah.
1: when you lost someone to suicide, you you yeah. called me and said, "You fucking hang in there." Now I don't want to deal with this anymore. Oh yeah. And I was like,
0: I remember I it remember, was early, so it yeah. was
1: I was in the real I was in the dark uh, spot.
0: I, there was a there was a point in time I remember uh, if it's okay to say uh, oh. uh, when we got that pizza. We were hanging at, uh, we were hanging out, and we were just dismantling the studio. Uh, oh! And I got the pizza, oh, and you early. were in a really dark spot, and you shared something with me, and I was like, "This is real." So I know I can relate. That's what I'm saying. There's a part of me that still feels like I'm in reality, not in reality. This is real. This is not real. I don't want this real. Yeah. Because this real sucks. Um, uh, but I was like, no, we gotta keep going. You know, we just got to keep, you know, eventually, eventually, if we can act as if, hopefully, yeah. you know, uh, and well, pl- plus Kel would have gotten upset if we would have both joined up with her, <laughs> you know.
1: Well, I just picture, look at everything that she went through. And then if I couldn't make it a week in my personal hell. Right. Exactly. Did I even deserve to hang out with someone hey, man, as strong as Hey man, if that's what her? it takes,
0: you know, right? You know. You just
1: come up with ways to get through the next 10 minutes, you know, yeah. just come up with the rationalization to get through the next five minutes and you don't know how your brain might be healing itself in the background right because it does the body heals and dies off constantly and i think that's got to include the soul
0: oh yeah or something's going to eat away at it till it's yeah i mean how do you keep uh replacing bits of it you know you sort of you can just hone in on what you got left you know and try to capitalize on that
1: speaking of the studio we're a music-based nonprofit, and we're inspired by this album, and we've made the movie about the making of the album and the origin of the foundation. You talks for a second about music as a healer. You're a musician. What does that concept meant to you in your life, and, and how do you look forward to enjoying your own creativity and, and the things you're going to create between now and your last breath?
0: Well, one, first, uh, whether it's the wind blowing through the air. The way the the water the the waves crash against the bank of the ocean. I can hear music in almost everything. Uh, most of all, it creates this frequency that I can surf, ride, uh, swim on, and it creates and it brings me outside of my physical self. My physical, you got your uh, for me. My concepts are you got your soul and you got your energies. However, you want to juxtapose it. But then I've got it built into my physical self, and it vibrates against my skin, and it uh, it, it it raises the fur in my ears, ears up. Uh, it makes, you know, and, and when one dances, one is truly free. If you just let your body do what it wants to do, mm-hmm. uh, without thought or without somebody's looking at me or without anything. Um, that was the first and foremost concept for, for me, for music. Uh, uh and the, the second part about, about it was, was, a, was a way if I could use that frequency, uh the name of the group I wanted to put together was called Tempt My Faith. And what that means is let me tempt. I'm not here to point fingers. I'll let I'll let people much better suited point. What I was here to do was to spread hope and optimism, uh, to create a frequency, a vibration where everybody in one room tempt my faith, where I could tempt whatever faith you had put your heart into, whatever your parents taught you. Maybe it wasn't really agreeing with you if you grew up in a racist environment. You got to look at the people who you that you love. Your own parents taught you hate. Well, if you break a person down too quickly and too harshly, they could turn very angry and against and get very defensive. That confusion—that's what I mean. Root, confusion, root of all evil. With music, I can let you do it on your terms. Mm-hmm. You know, you can feel comfortable. all of a sudden, you're looking at somebody you may not like, prejudge, and go, "Wow, what was I thinking?" Yeah. And then my lyrics can happen. Then I can, then you're open, open receptor where maybe you'll go, what's this guy saying? And that's what Sly Stone did for me. And that's, and so my music was, was, was sonic and visual and uh, poetry uh, that I could use myself as a vessel. And if if I can move your butt, clap your hands, (laughs) then you would relax your guard or maybe the lyrics can help you to stay strong. Maybe come out, maybe... Uh, You might choose me or a band member or somebody at the merch booth you lock into and say, I'm really digging this vibe, which is what I'm hoping for the Kelly Nicole Foundation. Thank you. Is for people to feel comfortable enough or maybe feel uncomfortable enough to want to feel comfortable, you know, to get through that, to say, I'm going to take this one step. And maybe that person will, they'll meet you or they'll meet me or they'll meet some of the other staff or somebody else involved and go, I made the first choice between a right moment. I feel better, you know, and that's music. It hits you before it's cognitive.
1: Oh, yeah. Way before.
0: Way before. And and it it gets into, uh, like, I always ask people, I kind of gauge people a little bit. I go, what's one song no matter what mood you're in? Always makes you feel better. You can't <laughs> think about it. And mine was always "I want to take you higher" by Sly Stone. I'd hear the gospel, yeah. and I'd hear that uh, tambourine. And no matter what, I you that know, keyboard. I, yeah, I was in the Baptist. You know, I felt like I was in the Baptist church in the South, and just kicking it. You know, <laughs> and uh, uh, you know, and and it always made me feel better. But sometimes, you know, it's a uh, you know, being human. Music is a feeling, not a fashion. So, uh, unfortunately, because of other. Uh, media as it's become a fashion, but uh, you know, so so as I would say, throw the peace sign up in the air it'll do you no harm. Everybody seems to be looking around for approval. Approval, but it doesn't matter. You don't need anybody's approval. Just uh, come get some love. Get the
1: music behind the mission. Hate Becoming by Kelly Nicole on iTunes and Spotify. If you guys
0: haven't checked out the merch table...
1: Join the movie. Buy the album. Get your Kelly Nicole Band merch and donate what you can at kellynicolefoundation.org. Courage is from Apple